Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Mark Chandler, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And today we want to welcome back as our very special guest, Michael Murphy. Michael, thank you for coming back today and sharing more with our listeners. Absolutely, Arch. Thanks for having me. So, Mike, again, very briefly, if you would share with our listeners your background, what you're doing, how you got to this point with Journey with Murphy, and then we'll let you continue to talk about the, some of the sites that you have visited. Of course. Yeah. So ever since I was a young kid, I've always loved history, particularly American history. Over recent years, largely through a lot of the spots that my family would take us, different historic sites that we would visit, you know, I've really fallen in love with the American Revolution and the colonial American period. Definitely still love the American Civil War period and like learning about that and, and all periods in between. But, you know, my focus has kind of been on, you know, colonial American and American Revolution history. I did get my bachelor's in history from Purdue University. And since then and into now, I'm actually active duty in the United States Navy, uh, which has actually enabled me to live in some pretty cool places, currently Rhode Island, and also enabled me through that to visit so many amazing historic sites. So uh, for the past couple of years, my wife inspired me actually to start Journey with Murphy, which is both a website and a Facebook where I publish detailed blog articles on my website, but also on Facebook, try to do daily posts about historic sites that we visited. I try to take really good pictures. So, you know, especially if people aren't able to visit these sites, I want to make them feel like they're visiting with me. Um, And also post a lot of detailed information, both a little bit of my opinion, but mostly historical fact, hopefully some interesting facts and and teach people some cool things along the way. So we've been doing Journey with Murphy for almost three years now and loved every second of it. And Mike, please share with our listeners what you are actively and currently doing as your career. Sure. Yeah. So as mentioned, I'm uh, actively in the United States Navy. I'm going to be moving back out to the West Coast. So got to get away from my New England for a little bit, unfortunately, but I have plenty of content and stuff to share probably for years to come, which is nice. But I'm serving in the Navy as a lieutenant. I'll be a department head on a a ship stationed in San Diego for a couple years. And again, it's more opportunities. We're really excited for the change. And again, I don't think hopefully that doesn't slow me down with anything with Journey with Murphy because I still want to share all the history and, and things that we get to visit. Sure. And listeners, I highly recommend, particularly on Facebook, that you look at Journey with Murphy. Mike posts things almost, if not every day, and he also is helping to educate all of us about American history, not only with pictures, but also with information there that is very beneficial. And Mike, I have to admit, you know, for months I was following you, and with all the different places you have been, I just assumed that you were about 130 years old. And when I, when I, because of all the places that you've been, and then when I finally saw a picture of you, it was a picture of you, and I forget where it was, but you were walking down a sidewalk with your wife, and you were pushing a baby carriage with a young child in it. And I said, oh my goodness, I, I had no idea that someone could be as young as you are and have been as many places <laughs> you've been in your short amount of years. So congratulations on that. But again, so much appreciation to you for serving our nation and for also helping to educate so many of us with American history. Awesome. Thanks, Arch. I do appreciate that. Now, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, so if you don't want to swing, you just let me know. (laughs) Okay. The radio station is in the uh, outer suburbs out by Valley Forge in Pennsylvania. First question, Valley Forge. You've been to Valley Forge. You've taken a lot of pictures of Valley Forge, correct? Yes, sir. I've been able to visit there twice now. And would you like to share with our listeners some of your experiences? Because so many of our listeners, we live right here. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I, I love that question. So I've been to Valley Forge twice, both when we were actually driving through the area kind of cross country. So that's one way we've been able to see a lot of sites. Kind of a side story, my dad actually went to Valley Forge High School. So I remember him talking about this a lot. I believe that that's outside Cleveland, Ohio. So um, he talked about this a lot. I've always been fascinated by Valley Forge and the, the winter encampment there. So out of my two visits, they were both phenomenal. The first time was actually in December, which we kind of did intentionally because I was like, well, I'd like to visit historic sites around the time that that event occurred, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, w- winter now is very different than how winter was then, of course. But um, there's certainly some similarities. And I wanted to see what do the trees look like? What does the grass look like? Generally, how does it feel in December, you know, when Washington marched his army into camp there? So um, that was our first visit. And we did, you know, we went to the visitor center, just like most uh, national park sites. You know, I love to get those maps. I like collecting those. And, you know, we drove and, and stopped at each station. I got out, we walked around. I think I mentioned it the last time, my wife is a very patient individual and kind of lets me, you know, walk around. She'll walk around with me sometimes. Occasionally she'll kind of see the glint in my eye, but like, I'll go wait in the car and, you know, and I'll just kind of take off into the woods or wherever and, and try to find other sites. But Valley Forge, I absolutely loved. It was neat to see how much in terms of size and scope was still preserved, which was nice. And to see, you know, what, obviously the topography and a lot has changed and modern roads and some stuff have, have changed some things, but uh, we really enjoyed our visit. One thing I don't think I mentioned that I like to do whenever we visit a historic site, I like to go on runs. So if I can, especially if we have the time, I always like to go on a long run on a battlefield or historic site. Thankfully, I was able to do that at Valley Forge. And I did that in the evening, one of the days. And that was a particularly special experience for me. You know, with the sun kind of going down, there weren't that many people there. I really kind of had, it felt like I had the entire uh, park to myself. And I ended up running down to Washington's headquarters and, and taking some more pictures and just kind of, you know, trying to stop and really appreciate everything that was there and, and really think about what happened there and, and what those those men and women that were there at the camp went through. So that was kind of a special experience for me. But overall, Valley Forge, the different statues throughout, Nathaniel Green, General Von Steuben, like at the Grand Parade, all these sites were just to actually get to see it after hearing about it and reading about it throughout my life to actually finally get to see it and walk those fields was very special to me. So I did appreciate it. And I, one last thing I'll mention too, that I really enjoyed was the Washington Memorial Chapel. Yes, uh, I was yes. pretty, I was pretty blown away by that, particularly the interior. It was, it was beautiful. I think it's an awesome, it's an awesome thing, a beautiful chapel to have there on that site too, I think was very special. So you said you were here last in December of 2021? No, that December visit, if I remember correctly, let me see, was December of 2018 was the first time we went. Okay. Um, so it's been a couple of years. The second time we visited was in the summer of 2020. So I haven't been back there in uh, almost, goodness, almost two years, which is hard to believe. But yeah, so we, we had those two visits and I'm dying to get back there if I can get the chance. Because again, for me, I'm not one of those people who says, you know, I saw the historic site. I'm good. I love to revisit because you always discover something you missed in the last yes, time. So I'd yeah. love, to get, love to get back to that area sometime. The uh, visitor center has finally been redone and the museum in the visitor center finally opened up President's Weekend of this past February. So please. Okay, awesome. It might, I'm going to invite you, and I mean this very seriously. When you come back through this area, you have got to let me know because you are more than welcome. My wife and I have this decent-sized house. We are now empty nesters, and we would love to have you and your wife and your young child and Daisy 
you know, <laughs> come and you and I could go to Valley Forge and Paoli and, and Brandywine, a lot of these places, and do some hunting around ourselves if if that's appealing to you. So that, Michael, you always have that open invitation with me, you know, when you come back through this area. And hopefully you'll come back soon through this area. Yeah, we I appreciate that. And that does interest me. So we'll see what we can work out because that, that sounds like a blast. It'd, it'd be great to meet you and, and to get to explore the area that you know so well also. So that'd be great. Well, our wives might not see us for four or five days, but <laughs> now my next question is, did you go to Paoli Battlefield? Yes, we did. We did make it to Paoli. That was another one that I wanted to explore. And that one we had a little bit more time on. And as you know, the site in the area is not as big as Valley Forge. It's a right. little bit easier to explore and appreciate. But we did make it to Paoli. Uh, that was also in the summer of 2020 during that visit. And that was a really, that field of battle and just that area with the tree line is, is very well preserved. And that was probably, actually, probably one of my favorite battlefields I've ever visited. Just because, again, it was just a special experience getting to visit there. I had actually just... I can't remember the title of the book, but I, I just read a book about Paoli before that visit, which made it a little bit more special because I remembered a lot more of the details, you know, as I'm actively seeing it. Sure. Sure. So, Mike, I threw two curveballs at you. You hit them both out of the park. Thank you for that. <laughs> so continue back because you were talking about in our first show places, particularly up in Rhode Island. So share with our listeners other places that you have seen that have fascinated you that are very interesting for you along your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, being in Rhode Island, the nice thing is we're, you know, a few hours up to six or seven hours, depending on, you know, how far we're willing to drive from a lot of pretty amazing historic sites. One of my favorite historic corridors that I've been, I've found myself returning to a lot is kind of the Hudson River Valley and that whole region. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Hudson River, which was known as the North River during the American Revolutionary Period, holds so much importance now, but not nearly as much as at least what it was perceived to hold then, and it did. It became such a large part, you know, as a strategy for both the British and the American Army throughout the war, yes. uh, both New York City. And, you know, ultimately, as we know, while the British forces, you know, ultimately concentrated on New York and held it throughout the war, it ended up not being as vital, I suppose, as maybe they imagined, because, you know, we ultimately won the war despite them holding New York until the very last end. But anyway, that whole corridor in the historic sites I found fascinating. Two of them we actually did on the same trip was the uh, the Stony Point battlefield, mm-hmm. the Battle of Stony Point. And then also um, being military, it's nice because I was able to get on the campus of West Point mm-hmm. and, um, you know, see the Great Bend in the river there and um, see parts of the original uh, Great Chain that once spanned the Hudson River there. So I would say those two were, were pretty neat sites that, you know, anyone who's able to get on West Point, definitely worth seeing. But if not, you know, you can still appreciate the topography in that area. And then, of course, you can visit the, the uh, Stony Point Battlefield. You also have uh, Washington's headquarters in Newburgh, which is a phenomenal historic site where, you know, it, it was one of his last headquarters of the war, and he was there for quite some time. So all those are phenomenal. But I would say with the Stony Point Battlefield, since we just talked about Paoli, actually, it, it has an interesting connection where it's believed that, you know, Anthony Wayne, who was General Anthony Wayne, who was in charge of the Patriot troops at Paoli during that whole event, actually led the American troops against the British contingent held up at Stony Point, New York in uh, July of 1779. So in a way, it's kind of like the, the revenge chapter for Anthony Wayne and some of his men after what happened at Paoli. So it's a pretty cool historic site. You, you have to park outside the park, and then there's this really beautiful stone archway that's been there for quite some time that you pass through. But it's a really nice walking trail all around Stony Point. They have a phenomenal set of interpretive signs with tons of detail and information. So Stony Point was pretty neat. 
And it's also near King's Ferry, which was an active ferry point where both sides actually used it at various times throughout the war to move troops and personnel and was used by civilians, of course, to cross the Hudson River up in that area. So Stony Point is pretty neat. And like I said, with the connection with Paoli, I didn't realize that we did that, but that was really neat. Uh, that, kind of, that, that kind of rolled into that. Yeah, it kind of rolled into that. Anthony Wayne is a local hero in our area, and actually he was born and raised in what we now call Waynesboro, which is part connected to Paoli. So uh, Wayne, a lot of people know in this area of Anthony Wayne and his expertise as a general during the war. Other areas up in the Hudson Valley area that you would like to share with our listeners, or Mike, feel free to move to any other place you would like to share. Yeah, so this one's not necessarily in the Hudson Valley area, but it is in New York, also partially in Vermont. A cool historic site, the Battle of Bennington, yes. Bennington site. Obviously, most people have heard of the town of Bennington, Vermont. Um, however, the actual field of battle took place in modern-day New York State, which a lot of people may know that. Some people may not. I, I didn't realize that until I visited. Um, but there are some historic sites associated with the Battle of Bennington that are in Vermont. That is an incredible historic site. The battlefield itself it's a state historic site, but it's beautiful, really well maintained. They have some really neat monuments. They recreated a British fortification there. And that's kind of a cool one that was a major chapter that ultimately played into the demise of British General Burgoyne and his army. As we know, you know, he met his demise at the uh, Battle of Saratoga, the, you know, the battle that took place around Saratoga. But the Battle of Bennington, as mentioned, the historic site is well maintained. It's really cool to see. They have some old historic markers there, which I always love seeing. You know, some monuments and historical markers that might have been in place for, you know, 100 plus years that are still there. I always think that's cool to picture and imagine that, you know, hey, somebody in the 1880s thought it was important to remember this. And that was 140 years ago. Here we are 140 years later. People still think it's important to maintain this. So they build new monuments. So they update them and maintain them. So I've always appreciated that kind of connection to the ancestors in those, those middle years that, you know, are kind of carrying on the legacy for us. And hopefully we can do that, you know, for future generations. Uh, but anyway, sorry, I'll get back to back to Bennington. Uh, beautiful battlefield, uh, well-maintained. As mentioned, it's a state historic site. But there is the Bennington Battle Monument, which if anyone's seen it, this thing is is massive. It is, it is towering. It's, it's kind of like an obelisk monument, similar to the Washington Monument. It's considered the tallest structure in the state of Vermont, which I think is just cool. But this is, as mentioned, it's actually in the state of Vermont, so just across the state border. And again, it's, it's an incredible site. It actually is kind of in the, the area where there was a continental storehouse. And that was ultimately the object of that British attack. They were actually marching to attack this uh, continental storehouse with arms and munitions. And, you know, the Americans were able to kind of defend that and, and encounter them further west of that. But this monument is just unbelievable. So anyone who's able to go to that area and see it, uh, you do have to pay to go to the top of it. There's an observation deck, but you can actually see three different states, which I think is pretty darn neat. I mean, they have uh, a couple of pretty cool statues of local heroes. They have John Stark and Seth Warner statues there, which are worth seeing. Uh, and if I may, the last thing I want to mention about that area, we uh, before I go to a historic site, I do a stupid amount of research because I don't want to miss something, especially if I, if I may never get to that area again. One thing I discovered uh, nearby there in Vermont is called the Old First Church, um, originally organized in the 1760s, something like that. What's cool about this is there's a historic burying ground around it. You have Robert Frost, the renowned poet, buried there. But what I found even more interesting it's the final resting place for at least 16 Hessian soldiers wow. that fought in that engagement and 13 American soldiers. So they have a, a pretty beautiful monument there in that cemetery that, you know, if you didn't do the research, you, you may not know is there, but, you know, you have quite a few uh, men that fell in that battle from both sides buried in this cemetery that is well worth visiting if you're going to go see the battlefield. And the old first church, Mike, is that in Bennington, Vermont? 
Uh, yeah, it's near. I believe it's in or just near Bennington, if I remember correctly. But it's 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 very close to the Battle Monument. I think within probably a 10, 15 minute drive of that. So okay. um, if you're gonna if you're gonna see the battlefield and the Battle Monument in Vermont, all of that's probably within 30 minutes of each other, if not less. So it's worth trying to see all that in one trip for sure. Mike, had you been to a Riskany? I haven't, but it is on the list. Okay. I uh, I kind of been planning a uh, kind of middle upstate New York weekend trip to see that. I want to see Fort Stanwix a lot of the sites up there so i'm i'm kind of getting excited because we're hoping to execute that maybe sometime in june this year if we can i'm going to throw something out at you mike i teach teachers in the summer through the freedom foundation and the course i'm teaching this summer or part of the course is the revolution in the north and we're going to start a freedom foundation work our way up through the hudson river valley so we are going to be at all those sites and even more that you just mentioned if you and your wife would like to join us anytime along that way, if you could work it out. The classes were starting July 2nd and through July 9th. So if that is something that interests you, come if you'd like and you know participate with much as you would like to, or just come in and share with us. I'd love, would love to see you or, or have you meet all the other teachers. That's awesome, thank you very much. That's very cool, I'm glad you guys are doing that. That's, that's outstanding. And Mike, I'm going to tell you, I want to love to hear your reaction when you get to Oriskany, because Mike, that's one of the battlefields that I, I'm on and teach, that you just know that something horrible, awful happened mm. at Oriskany. At so I, I, I'd be very interested in your reaction after you visit there and, and study that battle in the field. So Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, hit, hit you up and let you know for sure. Right. All right, what else, Mike? Tell us something, because, you know, I'm getting all revved up here. <laughs> well, one thing I actually did want to talk about, and it kind of rolls into what uh, a lot of the stuff that I post about, like a lot of people that are into history, I've been really into my own family ancestry mm-hmm. and doing that kind of research. But I know a lot of people, like, like I said, that are interested in, in history are usually fascinated by ancestry as well, both their own as well as historic figures, familiar lines and stuff like that. So for a year, my brother actually started it many years ago, but we've been doing Ancestry.com and other sites and researching our family history for probably about 10 years now. And I've actually been writing and working on a family history book about my family, my, my mother and father's side for about five years. I'm almost done. It's been a long project, but I want it to be just like most historians. I want to make sure everything in the book is either completely accurate and I have multiple sources to back that up. Or at least a pretty darn good guess. I don't want to just throw in, like, I found one source, so this must be true, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but, but kind of with that, I, I like visiting historic cemeteries. So both my own family members, where and when I can find them. But like I said, I believe on the, at the end of the previous time we talked was, you know, going to the grave sites of patriots, whether it's signers of the Declaration of Independence, signers of the U.S. Constitution. I've already started bleeding into signers of the Articles of Confederation. While there are a lot of overlap, which is easier on me. Um, you know, it's been cool visiting those sites. So I, I, some people might find it weird, but I love going to historic graveyards and cemeteries. I think there's a lot of education that goes with that. And also just paying our respects and remembering what those individuals sacrificed for yes. our country, I think is important because too many times, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to this, too many times I've gone to a historic uh, graveyard or a cemetery burying ground, particularly ones that are off the beaten path, and they're just in really rough shape. And that's not necessarily in one person's fault. It's just that, you know, people kind of forget about those things over the years and they do need upkeep. They do need preservation. And it's some of the sites I've seen are really, really nice. There's been some cemeteries that are in rough shape and it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. You're like, man, this this individual, this person has done so much for our country. And it's 
it's hard to see them in, in such rough shape. Right. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of been a passion of mine is is visiting those Patriots and, and signers and, and other people in history that may not be kind of in that mainstream history book or something that somebody's heard of. And what, one last question, Mike, because we're getting close to time here. Is there one particular place that is your favorite? I know I, I get that question asked to me yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's you uh, can't almost answer that. So. It's a tough one. Um, if I had to pick like one historic site, which maybe this is a little unfair because this spans multiple towns, I think Lexington and Concord mm-hmm. and uh, uh, modern day Arlington and Cambridge and that whole stretch is just fascinating to me. And I think they found and they've done such a good job at preserving as much as they could. You know, Massachusetts has been built up obviously around Boston, of course. It looks nothing like it did in the revolution, but um, even the countryside, you know, there's so many modern towns and places. I think the National Park Service and, and a lot of local historians have done such a great job at preserving. And I think there's just over a five mile stretch of the Battle Road, formerly known as the Bay Road that the British troops marched down. Uh, but I think visiting that, seeing the witness houses there, a lot of the old taverns, it's just there's something that wells up inside of me when I walk that Battle Road. You know, when we're in Concord Town Center and seeing it still as a, a fairly quaint town and, and seeing the cemeteries and seeing the different battle sites and and standing on Lexington Green, there's something that just like builds up inside of me emotionally that kind of I feel a connection to. And I've always been fascinated. So if I had to pick one site, it'd probably be all those associated with April 19th, 1775. And Mike, you and I know, and a lot of people, because they're not historians or it's not their passion, when we go to these places and read and study these places, there is something inside of us that wells up that it just it, it just it's beyond oftentimes description, you know, when when we yeah. go to these places. So, again, Mike, would you share with our listeners, please, how they can connect with you on Facebook and your website so they could continue to not only see your pictures, but also be also educated in these sites that you post? Yeah, absolutely. So I do have my website. It's www.journeywithmurphy.com. And I publish fairly detailed articles there with pictures. And and I talk about the history of the site, but I also talk about our visit and recommendations. So maybe there's a local restaurant if you're looking for lunch, or maybe there's a specific way you have to buy tickets for that tour of the museum. I try and cover that. Some stuff that I wish I would have had before I visited a site because there were some stumbling blocks along the way, for example. So please visit my website. We're about to publish our hundredth detailed article there. But we also have the Facebook, as you mentioned, it's just Journey with Murphy. It's our Facebook page. Um, And I try and publish or post different things daily, if not a couple times a day, you know, about the things we've seen. I do have some recurring posts that I do, like Tavern Tuesday, where I post about Colonial Taverns, Patriot Tombstone Tuesday, where I talk about a gravesite for a Patriot we visited. And then I also have Signer Saturday right now, where I'll publish about the gravesite and the person, whether they're a signer of the Declaration or the signer of the Constitution. Uh, And lastly, we actually uh, started up on Instagram as well. It's Journey with Murphy on Instagram, uh, where I try to post some different stuff, and it's a little bit easier to kind of access some of our older posts from a couple weeks or even months ago, if you're interested in that. And I try and organize it in a way where, you you know, by subject areas, you kind of know what you're looking for. Wow, it's just fascinating. So, Michael, again, we want to thank you for sharing with our listeners, for sharing with the American public and helping to continue to educate us we also, again, want to thank you for serving our country. We're grateful and indebted to your, your wife for the support she has given to you and, and everything she does. And bless you for what you are doing. And, Mike, I have one last plea to you personally. When, when your career in the Navy is over, please, please go into education. 
and help to educate our future generations. I just love when I see historians have a passion for our country and the willingness and passion to be able to help educate all of us with this wonderful country that we live in. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. We, we live in an amazing country, and I yeah. think people often lose sight of that with whatever may be going on in the world. We really do live in an amazing place. We're really blessed to live here. And it may or may not surprise you, but that's actually my plan is to get an education whenever I'm out of the military. So oh, so maybe uh, I have been a little prophetic or totally <laughs> understanding go, yeah. and seeing your passion for American history. No, so you, again, Michael, you it, yeah. thank you. We want to thank you for journey with Murphy. We want to thank you for everything you're doing and for coming for these past two programs and sharing a little bit of your experience and a knowledge with different historical sites. So again, thank you for coming and sharing with us today. Awesome. Thanks, Arch. It's been an absolute blast. I really appreciate you having me. Well, it's been a very encouraging. So we want to, again, thank you for everything you're doing. This is 1180 AM WFIL, working for your liberty. <laughs>